Hi friends, welcome back to the Daily Bible Project podcast, episode 194, which is is part 125 of season 2 in our journey together through the Bible. If you want, you can go right back to the beginning of season 1, and there's 66 short episodes which give a short overview of each and every book of our Bible. Or if you prefer and you're dropping in now, halfway through Genesis, you can drop in at the beginning of season two, where we work chapter by chapter, verse by verse, through the whole book of Genesis. And hopefully in the future, if the Lord gives time, we'll eventually get through the whole Bible together. And what an amazing journey that will be. But today we're closing off Genesis chapter 16. And we're going to consider an overview of what this whole chapter means. And for that, I'm primarily going to use the interpretation that the Apostle Paul himself gave of this passage. So to summarize, we've seen that Abraham has had a child by sleeping with his Egyptian maidservant, Hagar. And that's been a rather interesting and unusual story. I would like to try and close out chapter 16 today. And I want to do that, as I said, by calling upon the Apostle Paul to explain what it means. You see, in Galatians chapter 4, Paul allegorizes this passage of Scripture. Now, that's a very unusual thing for Paul to do. So let me explain what this means and why I believe it's important. One method of biblical interpretation, which is very favoured amongst many, is referred to the literal method of interpretation. It says you should always take the Bible at face value. If it's talking, in this occasion, if it's talking about Sarah, It means Sarah, and if it says Hagar, it just means this person called Hagar, who historically lived. Now, these people did actually live, and what they did in this chapter and what we see in this chapter did actually take place. And the literal interpretation of Scripture is, of course, right and proper, and it should always be the first point of call for anybody who wishes or believes themselves to be a Christian. But on certain occasions, the Bible can also be interpreted in other ways. Now, the the allegorical method of interpretation is when someone says this passage of Scripture may be more than just historical, that the story represents something other than just the historical facts. Now, there are people who allegorize Scripture so much that they destroy the plain meaning of the text. And we have to be careful not to do that sort of thing. The last thing we should want to do is to come to the Bible and to make it mean something that it doesn't mean. So many people are quite shocked when they find in Galatians chapter 4, Paul approaches this scripture in this particular allegorical way. And what he chooses to do, he says that Hagar represents the Mosaic covenant and that Ishmael is the fruit of legalism, which is slavery. He also says that Sarai represents the Abrahamic covenant and that Isaac, who will be introduced later, is the fruit of that covenant, representing those who are born free of the law and those of us who can flourish under grace. But he also points out the fact that the children of the flesh will always persecute the children of the promise. And that's Paul's allegory in Galatians chapter 4. Every other time Paul refers to the Old Testament, he pretty much takes it literally and he doesn't allegorize it anywhere else except in this passage in Galatians 4. 
The other thing I would like to say is that Paul does not say that the passage itself is an allegory. There's an important distinction here. The Greek phrase that he uses saying this passage being allegorized. So he doesn't say the passage itself is an allegory. He says that in order to get his point across on this occasion to rather thick-headed people in the church in Galatia, he is writing to them and he's going to allegorize this passage in order to make his point. He was using, in a sense, a recognized technique of his day as a way of creating an argument against the Judaizers who were having a big influence in the Galatian church. Now, some people misunderstand this passage by overanalyzing the symbolic aspect of it. But Paul is not saying that the passage itself is primarily an allegory, but he's saying, I'm going to take this passage and allegorize it to make my point. Okay, let's get back to Genesis chapter 16 and summarize what the actual story is. So the story, if you remember, began with Sarah being barren and then how she took matters into her own hands, which didn't solve anything because it was only seen to cause complications and conflicts. And then the story ends with Sarah still barren, so nothing solved there. And her great idea of bringing Hagar into the equation hasn't really solved the problem, has it? And the relationship at the end of the chapter is between Sarah and Hagar is not even seen to be resolved. So it's all a bit of a mess. So what's the spiritual principle here? What is being taught here? Well, I believe that the big picture is trying to tell us that resorting to worldly solutions rather than waiting on God to provide answers will always create problems. This story shows that human failure creates a mess. But the story also illustrates that that same human failure will not frustrate God's plans. God said, I'm going to use these children for my purpose. So as a result of Sarah's idea, Ishmael is born and he gives birth to the Arab nations. And just as God predicted, the Arabs have been in conflict with the Jews ever since. What a mess. And all because one couple did not trust the Lord. And they did not wait upon the Lord for the fulfillment of the promise that he'd made. They did not wait for him to do that which God said he would do. So one of the great lessons I think we can all take from situations like this is don't try and take these situations into your own hands and think you can solve them. The best plan is always to wait on the Lord and let him solve the problem. Now, in contrast, Hagar, in this passage, of all people, is seen as the one in this situation who calls upon the name of the Lord. She cries out to God, which is what Sarah should have done in the first place. This tells me that when we call on the Lord, no matter who we are, the Lord hears our plea and sees our plight and cares about us. God cares about you. That's the big picture here. He hears our prayers and he sees the situation that we're in and he cares about us even when that situation is not our fault or when it's partly our fault or even when it's completely our fault. So friends given the fact that you and I are just sinful human beings and that means that a catastrophe might be waiting just around the corner or that at any point one of life's tragedies may strike then the question should raise from this passage is what can we do to strengthen ourselves, to fortify ourselves against such eventualities?
Well, this tells me that we should remember that the Lord knows and that the Lord sees everything and that the Lord cares. So my prayer is that we are all able to exit, to leave chapter 16, knowing that the Lord knows more about the situation that you currently find yourself in than you do, right? And he cares about it more than you and in a deeper, insightful way, more so than you. And that he's going to work his purposes out, even in the midst of any mess you might be in, even if that mess is of your own creation. Remember the Lord sees, remember the Lord hears, and remember the Lord cares. And also that at the right time, the Lord will intervene to bring about his plan and his purpose in your life. And that, I believe, is the message of Genesis chapter 16. Well, that's it. Thank you for joining me. And next time we'll gather together and we'll pick up the text and we'll begin to look at Genesis chapter 17. So thank you very much for joining me on the Daily Bible Project podcast. And I'll see you back here very soon. Bye for now.